this was a, a flurry of moves all of the sudden, man. It was quiet in the morning. It was really quiet all weekend other than the Louis, Louis Castillo trade on Friday afternoon. Um, and then, man, did it come hot and heavy all at once. Yeah, it kind of did. You even had some like right there at the at like I mean, with just minutes, maybe even seconds to spare. Um, you know, everybody trying to get into it, and and I'll be honest with you, I was a little a little surprised um, that the because I really felt like maybe the pitching market had gotten upended. I felt like Seattle with their deal with with Castillo might have upset the the pitching market and the trade value there because of how heavy they went in um to to get him I felt like to me sitting back looking at that I'm like ooh I think they just they 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 upped the ante in the pitching market and I didn't feel like it was going to benefit anybody um but I think some teams took a breath back from it and said okay you know what they they made the best deal for them let's you know, let let's not let this reset the market. If you I, I agree, I agree, CJ. I think I don't think it totally reset it. I think it maybe put some urgency on. But did did things. you have the fear that it might reset the market? Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and let's be real. I mean, the soda the soda deal just always was hanging out there, and the fact that it actually happened and the way it happened is semi absurd. Um, I mean. The fact that there for a minute, everyone's like, man, Eric Hosmer might have the power to break up, like, potentially one of the the, the most dangerous, that's not even the right word, scary, I think even would be more correct, lineups that we're going to see out there in Slam Diego. And Hosmer had that control, and he did. And then they had to go give up a big bopper to do it. Better for Washington. They're actually not as bad as people think off in this movement. I know me and you had a little chat about this. Nat's got themselves a good haul in this deal let's be honest about it they really well, did they they did if you look at it from the pure kind of just like you know prospect ranking numbers I, I i think there's some fear in there a little um i know you're really high on gore he's a guy that scares me um he's had some elbow stiffness and soreness usually that that never ends well for guys um that always anytime you hear that you just uh, i'm just tommy johns is going to be in the back of your brain <laughs> Um, you know, I, and I think in all honesty, is, is it related to Eric Hosmer? I think there was already a deal with Washington in place. Like, Hey, if he vetoes this, what else can we do? Like I, I, because it's basically when Hosmer came out and said, no, I'm not going, the deal never fell apart. They just chucked the, chucked Luke Boyd in and moved on. Um, I don't know if I'm Washington, how happy with the Voight thing I am, he's not quite been the same hitter that he was as a Yankee. It's, it's changed a little. Um, some of the, and some of that may be venue and all that. And that's, that's perfectly fine. We'll, we'll Peck see. a tough, that's a tough yard to, uh, to hit, to hit bombs out of CJ. And he had 13 of them. I mean, I, I think he, he'll be all right there. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I he was hurt a little bit this year too. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, you know they've got some guys that have been scuffling a little in the minors, but I mean that that tends to happen. You can't I, put a ton into that right now. I really like uh, the Castle Abrams and Salarna part of this deal. Salarna's got himself yeah, triple a- digit Abrams, type heat. 
And Abrams, I mean, he Abrams has a ton of potential. It's just the, some scouts have gotten a little worried because he's really struggled at AAA right now. But they feel like if he can kind of get back into form that, you know, he's going to be a good one. And I, and he probably will. I mean, you know, change of scenery sometimes helps. And I think also for a guy like him, you play shortstop, that's locked down in San Diego. Let's just be real. Oh, yeah. And honestly, as well with Kim, a very, very good shortstop. And it's as locked down as it can be. Tatis coming back soon, by the way, CJ. Cronenworth's a daggone good player, too, um, with a lot of range. So it's like, man, uh, for him, it's probably a better move. I've seen him make some sensational plays with Flash in the leather, CJ. He's got ability. He's definitely got ability. If I'm the Nats, I love this, man. I mean, I'm not saying that it wouldn't have been nice to have Soto and keep the dream alive, but man, you can't build a team around him. Yeah, this gets well, him going. This does, and, it, and also it, too, it does. Here's my thing though, because you you said potentially dangerous or scary lineup. I, I'm going to reserve on that for a minute, and the only reason I'm going to is is the reports out there is Tatis is still two weeks away from any kind of rehab start, which means he hasn't seen live pitching in months. I get that, I, but I he's would, but that, that he's, would scare me a little. It's, here's the thing, CJ. This team is pretty much already locked in to the playoffs. You give him about a month to, to kind of go down and see some pitching. Maybe not even that long. He's a, he's a freak in a in a natural player though, CJ. No, he there's no, natural he, talent. He has it. He's gonna have some rust. He's gonna have to shake off. But, yeah, but do you really want him shaking that off at the end of September, headed into the playoffs? I'm not so sure. I'd want that. Well, if he's already, if he is already CJ, um, want a rehab assignment, and we've got the month of September to kind of shake that off of him, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that with the yeah, te- with the player I, of his talent know, and ability. Historically, that does not bode well for the guy coming back. Historically, it doesn't historically, but the thing about it is, Tatis is a little bit of a different dude and a different talent, and and sometimes. It's worth having that type of talent um, on the field, bud. And in any respect, however you can get the tees out there, you probably want to get the tees out there. Um, no, I, I would agree with that. Let me let me ask you this: What deal that happened, and any of them that have happened within like the last week or even today? What's the one that kind of raised your eyebrow? And was like, okay, didn't really see that deal, and it can be you didn't see the player getting moved, or you didn't see the return being what it quite frankly cj uh was gonna right before you asked that question i would have told you josh bell being included with soto um was interesting and josh bell is the under is the part of this deal that's not getting talked about no, he's I having a better season than Juan soto right now yeah no i mean he yeah that that actually did kind of shock me that he was that he was in that um i mean josh bell cj Definitely a guy that has light tower power. I mean, he's hitting 301, has has 14 bombs, but driven in 57 in a bad Nats lineup. You throw him into that Padres mix now um, with Soto, Tatis, Machado. Um, I mean, man, that's Cronenworth down there. You're going to have a, a Floro who's done well. Profar's having a good year. That's a lot of talent, man. That's a lot of talent. Not to mention Hater. I think that's the one, CJ. Let's just keep talking about the Padres here for a minute, man. You know we're kind of a Padres podcast. Um, 
as kind of one of our, our teams we, we, we root for, I guess you could say. The fathers, man. For them to for them to have added Hater in on this thing, that's huge. Now he had a bad month of July, but that's really just two bad outings back to back. Other than that, still Josh Hader. Yeah, it was really weird because you trade the leader in saves for the guy who's second in saves. It was kind of a weird deal. Both of them have ERAs in the four five area right now. Well, I trust Hater more. Hater's more electric, I, I think, than than Rogers is. Yeah, I, I would too. And here, I, I, when it comes to you know closers or you know setup guys, it, it's tough to look at the ERA because you give up one run and that can inflate it hugely. So that, that so when Hater gave up six and didn't get an out. Right. That well, yeah. Put him I mean, from a from a low two two five CJ up to a four in one outing. Well, that's right, and and but sometimes I don't always pay attention to that. To me, it's walks, strikeouts are really kind of the things I really look at in those. Like, is he walking a bunch of guys? Is he putting himself in bad situations? Those those kind of things. Um, but no, I I do like the the hater trade. I think that really kind of gives them some some flame into the back of the bullpen and i mean milwaukee was kind of that team where we had talked about them you know about a month or two ago that you know i mean they went on what like a 13 14 game losing streak with that pitching staff and it seemed absolutely unheard of um you know i think you know you you do what you have to do to kind of try and solve not necessarily solve an issue but maybe Maybe a change of scenery, maybe just something different. See if you can kind of reignite something. Man, that's kind know, of what this felt like I don't, for both teams. I don't think Hater is actually in that bad of a way. I mean, it, it, you look at it, thirty-four innings. Uh, if you take away that, it's it's literally nine. It's seven runs in thirty in thirty-three innings. That's not bad. That's actually pretty daggone good. Yeah, um, and, and how many times did those runs happen in a non-save situation? <laughs> You know, a situation they're not used to being in. Well, sometimes that that changes things. I mean, we've seen that historically. Closers, if they come in in a tie game, they're not the same because it's a lot different for them. Cool. And CJ, I'll even say this um, as something that I think you got to think about here. I mean, if a closer's up three three runs, I mean he can he's okay giving up a, giving up an out. He's okay giving up a run to get an out. And so that you know that brings your your ERA up um, as well. And Hader had a few of those outings there in July. I mean, he was like entering entering July with like a, a one, I think f- almost a one five ERA. Um, right. Might even yeah. have been a touch lower. So it's like, man, to add that is is is, is pretty pretty crazy. The amount of talent San Diego has. I'll say this though, real quick too, CJ, for Milwaukee, I get it. You get to move Devin Williams up into the closer role with that absolutely absurd Bugs Bunny changeup that he's got. Um, Boxberger moves back in there. You have Rodgers as well now as, as a guy to kind of stabilize a little bit in that back end with you. Uh, it's an interesting move. You also had Ustiri Ruiz, who's pretty good, and Dilson Lamette's arm now in the Brewers system. If he ever finds and rebounds – uh, that could be a really interesting guy because Lamette was real good for the Padres for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I think the one concerning issue with, with Josh Hader is his whip is up. You know, he's historically been a guy under one. He's a little over that now. 
Um, the home runs have kind of ticked back up on him a little bit. Some of that situation, you know, I, I get all that. Um, but, I mean, he's still not walking, guys. I mean, he's only given up 12 walks, you know, in, in 34 innings. So, I mean, I, his stuff is obviously still there. He's still one of the, if not the best closer in baseball, um, you know. So, I, I think the Padres got a good one there. And, you know, he's – He's definitely going to be, you know, if they make a big run, he's definitely going to be a part of it. Yeah, and and CJ, I feel like if you had to pick a winner of the deadline, it's got to be the Padres, right? Well, I think it's the Padres just because of the Soto trade. Um, and let's know, and let's throw JB on there, man. We, we you know, we we got to give JB some love, man. We got yeah. To. I mean, to, to get him included in that deal, I mean, that's that that's a big one. Yeah, man. I mean, like you said, CJ. I think the Friars have. Uh, yeah, I mean they. I mean they, they. They probably walk away kind of as the clear winner. I'll give you somebody else, and and this is going to pain me a little here, but um, Houston, I think had a had a very good deadline. You know, Christian Vasquez, um, very competent catcher. You know, Trey Mancini, Will Smith. I mean, they, you know, and, and didn't give up really a ton in doing all of that. I mean, it's, I do it's, like Jose Siri, though, in that deal, uh, going yeah. back to the Rays. Yeah. It, it like I said, it, it's nothing, you know, spectacular where you go, oh my God. But I mean, you know, they, they added some pieces. I think they definitely upgraded a catcher, you know, Martin Maldonado. I mean, for everything he's been defensively, Vasquez is a better hitter. And they'll still have Maldonado. Uh, and just to have Maldonado, as a part of that rotation, you know, sure. Man, Man, Mancini gives you a nice little insurance there in the outfield with a guy like lie, though, CJ. It pained me for Mancini uh, after hearing about how kind of loyal he was to the to the Orioles organization, how he was kind of Baltimore for kind of a lifer there with with the O's, and to see them finally kind of having a good year. And after he beat cancer, I mean, you know, just the season he was having, for them to have to move him then, it was kind of emotional to hear that. And it was like, oh, my goodness. Granted, now he's got a chance to play for sure for a world championship with the Houston Astros. So, in a way, it's a, it's a great move for him. But it, it was just tough to hear about it because the way it kind of made it sound like he, he was devastated to have to leave Baltimore even in some respects. Yeah, that that was tough. Um, but I mean, for the you know for the player and of himself and what you know Mancini has has been through and done to see him go to a team that has an opportunity to compete, I think is is a is a big thing. Um, you know, so I, I'm happy for him as the person. You know, if I'm an Orioles fan, it, it it's gut wrenching because of what he's meant to your franchise and you know was a guy that wanted to be there. Um, I think that speaks volumes. Um, you know, so. But, you know, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, baseball is a business and you, you got to do what, what's best for the long-term future. And, you know, it's kind of where the Orioles are right now. It's – see, and, you know, it's crazy to see, I mean, they're having such a good year. They also sold two and a half years of Jorge Lopez. Uh, that was interesting. Yeah, that one actually was a little bit of a shock for me. Um, the Twins kind of went all in on the pitching. Yeah, they did. Um, and that's, and that's, you know, I mean, you, you knew some teams were going to do that and sometimes you get a call and you're maybe not looking to deal a guy, but when the package is as good as it is, it's, it's tough to say no. So, you know, that's, I think the one thing is, is we talk about the GMs who 
are wheeling and dealing and trying to make moves, right? What are they going to do? What are you willing to part with? What are you willing to give up? And, you know, sometimes I think we forget what it's like, you know, for the GM on the other side who gets that call and it's like, crap, you're offering us all this for that. Uh, and you have to, you know, really think about, you know, long-term what, what works better and for you. So, you know, I, I think that's kind of the tough place that some place that yeah, some GMs and, and teams get into. Um, the Astros uh, also um, got Will Smith. Remember that mm-hmm. CJ, that was an interesting little move that him and the Braves made there kind of swapping some pitchers. Um, I thought that was interesting, man. Yeah, I think that they, you know that gives them some some help there. Um, you know, in the pitching staff, um, you know, which you know that everybody's kind of this time of year. That's really what <laughs> contenders are looking for. Um, it never hurts to have too many arms. Um, I, I'll give you an interesting one here. Hey, CJ, and I'll, I kind of real quick there. Kind of like how we're looking at this right now by division, right? Like we're kind of almost talking or the AL, like talking about Baltimore and how they're two games over 500 and kind of sold today because they're 16 and a half back of the Yankees. And there's a ton of teams in this wild card mix, even though they're right there in it just makes me wonder, like they're a game and a half back. Like it's crazy that they're selling in that division. And like Boston was kind of buying in to some extent and, and then Toronto kind of didn't do a lot, but they don't really need to. And the Yankees went all in like, that division was fascinating to watch at this deadline. It, it was, and I was actually getting ready to bring up the Yankees because this this deal kind of shocked me a little bit. But you know, Scott Efros, the Cubs deal him, and he's got like five years of control, club control left, and the Yankees gave up virtually nothing to get him. And he's, he's having a really good year too. Um, yeah, and I mean that that one was kind of the one that that shocked me in on that. You know, and then they go get Frankie Montas. The biggest name you gave up in that was J.P. Sears, who's decent. I mean, you know, he, he's going to be a, a capable starter for, you know, for a little bit. But here's the thing. And and, and let's let's be real. I mean, we're going to sit here and talk about these deal, deals. But the teams that make the trades, they're building for the future. You don't know what you're getting. You can't you can't examine these deals. You can really only say what it's giving the team that's buying. And let's be real. I mean, the Yankees went out today and yesterday and they bought and they bought and they bought. They were like a girl uh or or a gentleman who got their first credit card. They just went off on it. And now yeah, they gave well, up some pieces. I mean, Hayden was in he was a, is a solid but- pitcher. He was a pretty good prospect in the system. He was number seven. You look at their, I believe. You look at their top five. That uh, that completely stayed intact, which I don't think you know shocked a ton of people. But I think if you'd have asked any Yankee fan if one of the top five are they going to be gone, and you just said yes because you would have thought it would have had to have happened. The the deal that shocked me the most that the Yankees made was Jordan Montgomery to the Cardinals mm-hmm. for Harrison Bader. That one, Harrison Bader. <laughs> that, yeah, Bader. That one just that that one was a little bit of a head scratcher, and I know you know Montgomery it's a good move this. for it's a great move for the Yankees. It is, and and I'm but it was the one I didn't. It, Montgomery was the one guy in all of it I didn't necessarily see moving. He he hasn't pitched well of late, but as much as a premium as they put on getting pitching and getting arms, that one 
and and I understand the purpose of it. He's a guy that you know has speed, so he gives you a little bit there. You, you don't have to play judge in center field as much. Hicks has struggled, so you get an opportunity to kind of wean out of that one. That one was just kind of I think the one that made me just scratch my head a little bit. Double that, take a little bit. Yeah, double the, take, the Joey Gallo deal did not shock me. Gallo I'm, was a dead duck walking, and they traded him away for peanuts. I'm kind of <laughs> shocked that the Dodgers <laughs> took him on. If I'm being honest, um, I, I think they're hoping a, a change of scenery for him helps. I don't know. Oh, I'm, absolutely, I, and you know what? It probably will. Yeah, I, I think Joey was one of those guys that wanted to be good so bad in that market, and it just didn't work. Yeah. And, and to and to his credit, he owned it. I mean, to his credit, he flat out said, "I just haven't been good enough, and that's that's on me." Um, but unless he learns how to hit that high fastball, it's it's really not going to matter. Yeah, that's true. And you know what else though too is weird about the whole. Yeah, you know, CJ. Uh, uh, interesting part of that deal is Bader's been on the IL with the uh, with the plantar uh, fasciitis there in the foot. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how he comes back from that because speed and his ability to cover ground is part of what makes him what he is. But it is a good move for the Yankees. It is a good move. Um, and and honest, but let's be real, Montgomery was a little bit of expen- expendable. I mean, you you beefed up the bullpen with the F. Ross and Trevino moves, and you got Montez. So you could let go of a guy like Montgomery at that point in time to get a little bit better out in the uh, outfield defensively. Well, and I think that also speaks to the fact that they feel like, you know, Cortez has been pitching solidly and they can expect that to continue. I think the other thing it says too is that they're not necessarily as worried about Severino. I I think moving him to the 60-day DL was more about innings limit than it was anything else. Um, Yeah, Sevy's probably going to be your game – I would imagine at, at this point in time, three or four starter in a rotation in the postseason, or he's going to be your long man, right? I mean, yeah, because at, at, I think at this point in time, you would say Cole game one, probably Montez game two, Tyon game three, Cortez game four, maybe, and then actually, so really, Sevy is not luxury to have at all. Yeah, and I th- and I really would actually think Nestor might be your game three over Talion. And, and a lot of that, or is Montez even moved back behind those guys? Let's be—I mean, he's had a good year, and his his ERA and his wins his win loss total don't match up. But who knows how he'll react to pitching in the Bronx versus pitching out in Oakland, well, where there's nobody there but the crickets. Well, and, and that's true, too. And, and I think the other thing you have to factor in, too, with a guy like Montez is is the A's aren't good. I mean, let's, let's they're awful. So I, I think some of that, you know, when you go out there knowing if I give up one or two, I'm probably taking an L in this thing. It changes the way you pitch. Now he gets to go to New York and goes, all right, if I give up one or two, my offense has got me. I'm okay. And I think you might get back to him pitching, a, you know, better to what his stuff is and what he can be than a guy that knows he has to go out there and be almost perfect. That's true. Yeah, that, that, Mm. that might, that, that, that could play into it a little. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. You know, Jameson kind of, kind of struggled a little tonight early and then kind of figured it out. I think that's really, if you're, you know, 
Jameson and Nestor, that you're really kind of auditioning at this point in the year now to, to prove to be the, the third guy in the rotation. Uh, yeah, and, and to see who gets the ball behind, you know, who's going to get the ball in certain spots in the in the postseason. I think that's for sure what the Yankees are kind of sorting out because they're in. Let's let's go ahead and just yeah. well, pencil and, that and, one in. I, yeah, I, mean, and I, I really like the – and I think the Yankees were as aggressive as they were is because when you're the first team to 70, now all of a sudden the pressure has flipped from, okay, winning the division to now winning the whole thing. It doesn't really matter if you don't win the World Series, right? So now all of a sudden that's shifted and now it's, okay, well, what do we got to do to make sure to put ourselves in the best position? And I think that's why you saw them be as aggressive as they were. But I also think they had to be somewhat aggressive because of the pitching. Um, yeah. No, I'd agree with that. You, you kind of you like it, but you're not sure how much you love it. And also, I mean, and I think you'd have to admit this, CJ, Clay Holmes the last couple of weeks has had a couple interesting outings. When that ball's rising and he can't control the sinker and it's running, running and riding up on righties, he struggles a little bit. Um, now, he granted, he's been so good all year. I don't think it's anything to worry about. And a yeah, guy I don't can think have a bad outing. To- but yeah, I don't think it's a whole lot to worry about now. I know Boone and them have said, you know, that it's he's, you know, obviously the the situations he's been in, they're really trying to kind of limit the number of days he goes in a row. That's that's tend to been the difference. And then he had a stretch there where he didn't pitch for like seven, eight days. Sometimes guys' arms are a little too rested. You know, we've seen that in the past. Oh yeah, most certainly. You know, you know, uh, Tanaka is a guy that I think of with the Yankees. When his hey, arm was CJ. way too rested, he was awful. <laughs> hey, CJ, on that note, you bring up a Tanaka reference, solidifies what I was going to say next, which is there are other teams in the division than the Yankees. Let's talk about them a little. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. A little bit. Um, even though they're 70 and 35. Let's let's talk a little bit about the Jays real quick. I like what they did today. A lot. I like Merrifield. I like the the, the bullpen arms added there and Pop and, and Bass. Both have been pretty good this year. I think the Jays added and got what they needed to continue where they're at. Tampa doesn't do much. Um, Boston was really interesting because they gave away some pieces. They added a little bit, but it wasn't like they were full on one way or the other. It was very interesting, kind of a limbo situation for the Sox. Yeah, it really was. And the Sox actually had me kind of scratching my head a little bit because um, they, they didn't do actually a whole whole lot. Um, you know, I, mean, I like the of- move to get Hosmer. I do. Um, yeah, but you didn't trade away your big else. pieces, huh? Yeah, but I'm not really sure. Oh, it definitely. He's, he's playing well this year. I mean, he's hitting in the he's 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 hitting close to 270. He plays a pretty decent defense. I mean, the Red Sox first base has been a been a, a hole for a while now. Um, I mean, they even moved Schwarber over there for a minute. You know what I mean? Like they, th- this is a good move for them. Um, long term, and there was a chance for him to move to San Diego. So, like, he needed yeah, to be out of there. So, it was a good move, good mutual thing. 
Here's my only question with Hosmer is, is, is it that much, in your opinion, is it that much more of an upgrade from a guy like Bobby Dahlbeck? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, like Dahlbeck's got an absolute ton of talent. That's. But he, but what's he hitting? What's he always hit? I mean, well, no, a guy can have fair. a ton of talent. A lot but of guys he, in that but, lineup that aren't hitting. Well, but, but here's the thing. Hosmer's a pro. He's going to give you good at-bats, and he's going to – He's gonna hover, and he's gonna hit somewhere in the at least two, probably high two sixties, coming over there. Once you get from him, what are you hitting from Dahlback in the two hundreds? Hosmer is better than Dahlback. Um, the Red Sox upgraded there for sure, but they also gave away some stuff today. So it's like I don't, I don't know. Actually, but dude, here's the thing too that shocked me with the Red Sox is is that JD Martinez is still there. I thought I'd for agree. A fact he was gone. I'd agree. I think it was a little interesting to see J.D. Martinez still there. It is interesting, C.J., like, you know, the the Red Sox, I mean, they make the move to get Tommy Pham as well Which as, was as Hosmer. <laughs> Say that again? I, to me, that one felt weird. It didn't feel like that. I don't know. That, that, that deal kind of just didn't feel like it did a whole lot. I mean, you're just adding a player to be named later. Um, I mean... They're they're just trying to add a little bit of a little bit of of a piece, and and Fam, you know, is a guy who at least knows what he's doing, gives him a little bit of depth out there. But like you, you trade away Vasquez though, that's the thing that I don't quite understand. Like he's a heart and soul and a part of your 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 catching core, and you're going to give him away, but you're adding Hosmer and Fam. Like it's 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 weird. Yeah, I mean it. I don't know. Like I said, it it's. I don't know. It's just it, the red and the Red Sox were kind of in a funky place. I mean, because they're they they're obviously not the same team that they were last year. I mean, you know, we we mentioned Schwarber's gone, Eduardo Rodriguez is gone, Martin Perez they let walk in free agency. Then you dealt Hunter Renfro for Jackie Bradley Jr. in the offseason. Such a terrible trade. That obviously has not worked out at all. You know, the Trevor Story signing hasn't been, I think, what people thought it would be. Um, Chris Sale hurt, comes back, gets a freak pinky injury in his return. And then you sign a guy like James Paxton who hasn't even thrown a pitch and he's not even going to play this year. Like it, it's, they've been re, it, it's been a really weird roster moving for the Red Sox. So I'm not sure why any of it should surprise hey, anybody. CJ, but let's say this though. As we record here on the the night uh following the deadline, Red Sox do find themselves two games out of the wild card in the American League. So who knows? They find ways to start winning some games here on the stretch. They've still got a chance to sneak in, and if they sneak in, you never know. I agree with you. I don't think they're the team they were last year. But all that being said, there's still two games back in the division, along with the White Sox, who CJ, very quiet today. Well, and I think some of that for them is... Let's get healthy, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of it is, is well, let's get healthy and kind of then see where we're at, you know. Let's I mean, perform, Anderson's, I think, for our capabilities as well. 
Yeah, because Tim Anderson's missed some time. You know, obviously he's kind of the heart and soul of that team. Um, and also, too, I think when you're in that situation where you're kind of in that middle ground, that no man's land of buy or sell, I think sometimes it's just best to sit pat and and see what plays out. Well, and, and I think, like, whatever plays out, the White Sox are two games back in the division and two games back in the wild card, and they haven't played even close to their best baseball they've got to feel like they're almost playing with house money right now. I, I would, I'd be interested to see what the White Sox uh, odds are to make the playoffs. Maybe not make the playoffs, but maybe make a run because that team has a lot of talent. I would be very interested to see what happens. Cleveland really didn't do much today either. CJ Baltimore sold, which I found to be kind of disheartening. But at the same time, I get it. Um, Tampa made the move getting David Peralta, but other than that, and Siri adding him, but Tampa did what Tampa does, and that's part of it, CJ. Our whole thing about we've talked about this beat on this drum for a while about how teams in small markets have to do things differently. The Rays are two and eight in their last 10, they should have been adding something today, but really, what were they, they couldn't add a big piece because. They're never going to be able to pay that, and they can't give up anything in the farm. There are a has and have nots, and the Rays, because of the system, will always be a team that has to operate differently, regardless of how good they are. That's just the way it is. Well, and, and some of it for Tampa is it, it, the sad part is, is is Tampa really shouldn't be a small market, but the reality of it is, is Tampa doesn't really necessarily. <laughs> It, you gotta it's have fans to the ballpark. Buy them a build them right. a ballpark that won't well, be a, I, that won't be the worst market in, in potentially well, baseball. I, I think that would be some help too. But here's the other thing you have to remember about Tampa Bay, right? It, it's South Florida. South Florida is a lot of transplant. Like there's oh, not yeah. a whole, you know. So you've got a lot. You know, you you see it when you know Boston plays there, when the Yankees play there, and it doesn't help that the Yankees training facilities in Tampa Bay. That does not help either. No, it doesn't. But I'll say this, and I think you know this too. You build them an outdoor ballpark on the Bay, people want to go. There'll be more race fans than than you can cool. shake a stick at there, brother. And cool. I can't believe I just no. said shake a stick at. What? How old am I? Well, no, no, no. And, and I agree with you. I Tampa Bay needs to do some things within their own system to generate better buzz because here's the reality of it is and with Tampa too I think some of it is is you know Wander Franco's been hurt the kid like that he is their corner piece for a long long time but you got to get McClanahan right but you got to get Wander yep. healthy and so they've got to do some things internally to to be better and to get better I think and I think too Tampa Bay is trying at times to be smarter, the smartest person in the room instead of just sometimes they get wrapped up in too much of the analytics, but it's worked for them. So who am I to tell them they're doing it wrong? I, I can see where you're saying there. They kind of are almost too by the book analytically. It did cost them the world series with, with Blake Snell, right? Um, yeah. CJ. So, I mean, that's, and that's, that could be tough. I, I will, I will say this. I was really kind of shocked. Cleveland kind of stood pat. Um, really thought they they would try and make a move or get something somewhere. Um, Cleveland's know. kind of in a in a they were kind of in a kind of a reload rebuild 
spot, and they and they've kind of been playing well with that. Uh, also, in that same division there, CJ with the same record as the Rays, actually, that's the Twins. They went kind of ham in the bullpen. They had some good arms, and they also had a Tyler Maley from the Reds. Very interesting move there by the Twins. I like what they did. They needed a little more pitching. They added it. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, and they they needed bullpen help. Um, you know, badly. Um, you so, get Lopez like they did. That was a good move. Yeah, so I, I think that helps. I, I think part of maybe the other driving factor for them being as aggressive as they were is, you know, you finally got a guy in Brian Buxton who's been healthy. Um, so you kind of want to capitalize on that. And I think the other part of it too is, and this may or may not have played, but it got me to thinking as aggressive as they were at, at points is Carlos Correa does have an opt out at the end of this year. So how much of that was to entice him to stay? It's interesting. I mean, that's very much could be what they were thinking about today. Um, you know, I'm making not some of those moves. Yeah, that that to me kind of rung up. I I, I want to give you a team where we're going to switch leagues here and get a little with the NL. Well, hey ZJ, real quick before you switch teams, I do want to real quickly uh, mention one other thing, and that was the Angels selling off. I'll wave the white flag on them, buddy. Just want to wave that white flag on the Angels. I learned my <laughs> lesson. Can't believe I ever said a Joe Madden team could make anything. But I, I drank the Kool-Aid on Shohei making history every night, Mike Trout, and now Trout's hurt. So let's go to the National League. Yeah, and for the and it was kind of shocking that the Nationals floated Shohei out there and then said no. Um, uh, yeah, the Angels, the Angels said, uh, we got to keep Shohei and Trout together. We'll we'll bring this thing back." They did trade Marsh, and they traded Syndergaard today. Interesting moves. Um, but yeah. Let's get to the National League because you know well, that's where it, the best baseballs played. And 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 Syndergaard was actually kind of where I was headed. The Phillies were very very aggressive, and I was a little shocked at that, given the fact that they're you know ten back in the division. Um, but here's the thing, CJ. But they are in that wild card play, which... and they are very much in play in that wild card. And I think they think that they can make a run. And you know what? I'll tell you this much. They're playing good ball. Saw them this weekend. That offense is, is a lot of uh, three outcome guys, but they've got, they've definitely got some power um, and they're pitching their bullpen. Once kind of one of the worst in baseball, very much a, form, a formidable unit right now, man. Um, and they added to it today. With Robertson and added center guard, that'll be very interesting. Yeah, um, you know, I think that's also too what this third wild card has added is you got some teams that may be a little more aggressive at the trade deadline than maybe you would think they would be. Um, you know, so you know, uh, it's it's kind of funny, CJ. I feel like the National League, it's almost like there are seven teams that are kind of going for it the Giants are kind of still hanging out there and then the rest of the league from Miami essentially down to the Nats um so about eight teams in the National League are just kind of like oh we're just playing out the string 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a three-way, a three, three-team race for third in the NL Central. Um, between the Buckos, the Cubbies, and the Reds. Interestingly enough, CJ, I do want to bring them up real quick. The Cubbies, not trading Contreras or Hab. Um, I guess they view the comp picks as being a better deal. I also say this. I think Wilson Contreras' market was not that high because of his kind of, uh, I don't want to say, kind of being a punk type persona and reputation he has. I think that kind of lessened the return, potential return, and then also the fact that I think he kind of almost said, like, I might return to Chicago anyway. I'm surprised on Hap, though. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. Hap was definitely kind of kind of a shock guy that didn't move. Um, and I think you're right on Contreras. I think the, the – his statements and – about wanting to be a cub and then you know some of the the rumors and rumblings you've heard as far as him you know in the clubhouse and that kind of thing really kind of hurt you know his, his trade value a little I, I i'll tell you the one guy who shocked me that didn't move and that was sean murphy of the a's i really thought they that somebody would have offered something for him i mean really if you think about it the catcher market was very uh Inactive, I guess is the right word. I mean, yeah. really, one one move involving a catcher, and that was about it. And you would think that the spot teams would want to upgrade, but Contreras stayed put. Um, interesting how that kind of played out. Uh, they did trade Robertson though out of the bullpen. Um, prospect Ben Brown, pretty highly thought of in the Philly system. Um, we'll say that. Um, CJ, so that so that's a three way race going on in the central there. For the top two teams in the central, though, uh, we know what Milwaukee did uh, with the hater situation. Um, Cardinals didn't really do a lot either. Uh, they did add Jose Quintana, who's been pitching very well, but that didn't really excite a lot of the Cardinal fan base that I that I know. They were looking for the big fish. They were. I- could probably argue the biggest splash they made would have been Jordan Montgomery. Oh, I think I disagree with you on that, CJ. Quintana's been pitching much better uh, than Montgomery this year. Well, no, and that and that's probably true. I just I think you know if Montgomery can kind of find that form again. I mean, there was a stretch there, you know, where he there were four or five games in New York he should have won, and he got absolutely no run support. Um, you know, so he kind of fell into that, you know, Frankie Montas thing, you know, have to be be perfect out there. I was – but this almost kind of feels like normal for St. Louis. You know, they don't do anything big or splashy. Um, they just continue to kind of do things their their way and, you know, just continue to, to bring guys up. I mean, there's going to be a guy that comes up on those September call-ups that just blows the doors off. It's just kind of always the way they do things. Uh, Walker. I mean, they, yeah. a lot of people wanted them to make to make the move to get Soto, right? But they wouldn't didn't want to part with Carlson, potentially Gorman. I mean, they've got themselves a good organization, so they didn't want to blow it up. And I get why they didn't want to. They're thinking, hey, we're going to be a winner 
consistently over five years instead of going for it all for broke in one summer, a.k.a. the Padres. In my opinion. Now, granted, I think the San Diego market, though C.J. Walk traditionally, theoretically, has been kind of a small market. I think it's about to change. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You think about it. There's nothing else in that town anymore but baseball. I mean, there's no San Diego Superchargers anymore. Um, the Padres are the, are the show in town. I mean, from what I know, there's not a lot of basketball. Uh, the Aztecs got a new stadium, but man, that's that's a Padre town, and uh, I feel like it's got a similar vibe and maybe feel maybe what St. Louis in terms of being a Cardinal town. Um, yeah, could, it could kind of have going for it. It, yeah, I mean, it does, and, you know, I've, you know, been lucky enough to, to catch a game there at Petco, and it's it sits in a nice, real nice part of town there. It's right there in Mission Bay, um, so, I mean, it's a, a absolute gorgeous area. There's all kinds of crap around the stadium, too, which I think helps, um, you know, and it's, even when I was there, you know, five, six years ago, you could really kind of feel it as kind of a Padres town, um, you know, because everybody kind of knew the Chargers were leaving. Um, Plus Mr. And, Padre himself, Tony Gwynn. Yeah, so, you know, I would agree with you. that the, the Padres really do kind of have a stranglehold on that area. Stadium location is a massive help. Um, we've talked about that with, with Tampa. I think if, if Tampa would do something similar to what San Diego did, I think that'd be a huge help. Yeah, I kind of like that idea, CJ, um, that you got there. Tampa could could kind of do what San Diego did. It's a good model for them. Um, I mean, obviously, we know the moves the Padres made. I mean, that's you know they they went out. The Phillies made good moves, like you said. Atlanta, um, do you like their moves more, or the Mets' moves more? And also, remember the Mets added Jacob Degrom uh, back tonight, and he looked sensational so um that's a big move that no one's even going to talk about also they just got scherzer back a little while ago like the mets just had two guys that you know can hit triple digits with ease and are bona fide winners back to their staff but let's just talk about the trade moves though cj uh did you like what the braves did or what the mets did better neither one went all out but they made subtle moves yeah, I mean they they were subtle moves. Um, I, I I do like. I mean, here's the thing: I like what both teams did. And, and you are right. I, mean, I, I think the Mets kind of looked at Degrom coming back as kind of a, a, a an add on at the deadline. My only worry with Degrom is is health. Um, you know, I mean, if he can, you know, stay healthy the rest of the way through. Um, you know, that, yeah. that's going to be be definitely a, a a big one for them. Oh yeah, I mean, it, I mean, the Braves just added Grossman to play a little bit of left. I mean, they gave up Will Smith to add Odorizzi. Uh I mean, did they really do that much? Uh, well, I don't think they did that much, but I don't know if they felt like they really had to do. I, I, I think Glazier in the back half of the bullpen really helps because that's a guy who can just come in and he throws absolute flame flowing bbs um you know he's he's definitely going to be i think a little more useful for the braves than maybe smith was 
Um, you know, and, and here's the thing, yeah, Grossman has has struggled this season, but I mean he has been a you know very good to elite on base guy, which I think, you know, in this day and age helps. And two, I mean, you look at it, you know, they, they got Austin Riley locked up in a in a pretty team friendly contract. So, you know, they they've got some, you know, their their big pieces are inked up for a while. Um, so I don't feel like they felt like they maybe had to do quite as much. And coming off a of World Series, you, you kind of have a little bit of grace there to kind of, you know, maybe not make that push. I think the Mets, let, let's be honest, when you share a town with, you know, the, a team with the best record in baseball, you feel a little bit of pressure to kind of make sure you add and, and do right because you don't want to fall behind in the press. Because um, that that plays too, especially when you're in some of these media behemoths. Um, you know, but I, I, I feel like the Mets, you know, did get better. Like I said, my, my only hesitation with them is just, you know, DeGrom health wise. Uh, you know what the, also the Darren Ruff move is not bad. It's really not a bad trade at all. Um, by the Mets. I mean, let's, let's also go ahead and say, and say this CJ, um, when it when it comes to the Braves, they also added Rossiel Iglesias to that back end of the bullpen. Um, I mean, he hasn't been great with the Angels, but he's a good little piece to add into that to the night shifts for sure. Uh, the Braves made that unit even stronger there. I think both teams improved, and I think both teams are uh, <laughs> aiming to, aiming to to have maybe a series in October. I'm going to say this, CJ, real quick, you know, because we've kind of hit on all the teams, right, to this point. I mean, we could go in and maybe look and see if there's any individual deals we really want to touch on. But I kind of want want to say this real quick. Man, the National League today grew and now has some bona fide contenders. I think it's top to bottom in terms of the depth of the, the field going to be much stronger than American League. Uh, you know, I, I think you can definitely make that argument. I see where, you know, where you're headed with that. Um, I, I think the biggest difference in, in the two is that I still think if you look at it in terms of of pop, maybe still with the AL. But, no, I mean, I see where you're going. I think the NF definitely did get a lot deeper. I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the AL plays out, especially in that wild card I'd agree, CJ, uh, with you on of that. the teams that are still still kind of around, you know, uh, uh, that that's going to be the interesting thing to kind of watch. I definitely agree with you because I mean the the Astros and the Yankees have played great baseball, and they're two top top contenders in this thing. Like, if I was going to make out a top six, they're both probably easily in that top like three, even four, maybe you know, category right now. It's it's like after that, though, it's like. All right, Toronto, very good, right? And a team that's got a ton of talent. But do we think they're yet World Series worthy? I, I'm still a little unsure on the depth of the pitching um, all the way through. I like Seattle, but kind of the same thing. Like in the Central, it's just kind of a cluster at this point in time. Um, any of those three could come out and it wouldn't shock me. Uh, CJ... 
in, in the slightest, but we also know this much that the NL or excuse me, <clears throat> the AL East is probably gonna have would you say at least three teams in this thing? There's still a chance of four. Probably three though. Yeah, I, I think three is kind of where the number ends up being because I think it's gonna be Toronto and Tampa. Um you, and that's the thing with with Toronto that I was a little surprised that they didn't really. I mean, because I like what they did though. They were so I, I like moves. what like they the did. Bullpen was good, and I, I, I like maybe they could did, have added but, a bona fide rotation piece. But they got Kikichi back, and he could be really good for them. Yeah, but here's the thing, and and because I, I was kind of looking at it, and and I just from a pure fan's perspective, you know, not as a as a Yankee fan, but just as a baseball fan. We talked at the beginning of the year with the Yankees, right? It was Garrett Cole and the question marks. I feel like you could almost say that with Toronto now. It's Manoa and then who? It's it's interesting because, uh, you know, Jose Barreras has not found his form this year. That's for sure. Um, Ryu's been okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of get where you're coming at there. Uh, CJ. That's why I really thought they'd be in the market to go get, uh, get some kind of rotation help because, you know, Manoa's handling the conversation for Cy Young, and I just don't feel like you did anything to help him in that rotation because, yeah, Ryu's been been okay, but he's still shown signs of you know not pitching real well. It just kind of feels like you, you you know who your game one starter is, but then what do you do in two and three? Well, I mean, Gossman's – granted, his numbers aren't gaudy this year, but Kevin Gossman's still pretty good. I mean, he's has 132 strikeouts. Um, I think we're kind of selling him a little short down the road right now there, buddy. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, he strikes out a bunch of guys, but, I mean, if, if you look at it, I mean – He's okay. He's probably your number two, but Barrios hasn't been good. Ross Stripling. Oh, I think Gossman's your definite number two. I mean, he has a three of six ERA. He's 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 the the reigning Cy Young winner. I mean, he's definitely your number two. Uh, it's it, it's funny because like you know Gossman's on the Jays, but yet I still haven't like I always kind of forget because I don't think he's pitched in a lot of big games this year, as a, especially compared to what Manoa's done. Yeah, and I mean, and, and you talk about Ryu. I mean, he and he's been a guy that's been hurt. So I mean, let's let's see what happens. You know, when when he comes back, if he comes back, and, and same with Kikichi. Yeah, so I mean, that's that that's why I was really thinking they'd be a little more in the in the pitching market. But then again, I mean, if you think about it, I, I don't really know what was out there once you know. Once because everybody who the top two, I mean, were obviously going to be Castillo. And Frankie Montes. Once those two were gone, who was really maybe out there? But it didn't I feel like seen a veteran starter for sure. Like a Quintana. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, yeah, I mean, because you weren't really needing a one or a two. You know, Seattle obviously needed needed a one or a two. New York needed a, a solid two. There were threes and fours out there that just didn't feel like they had any real interest in that, and, I, and I'm not so sure how well that plays for them down the stretch. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, CJ, and that's that's interesting how you know how that kind of where that kind of puts them in the pecking order now, the Jays. Um, but then again, 
like the AO as a whole, CJ, it just it, it feels like it's like we're destined to see the Yankees and the Astros in the ALCS, mm-hmm. and hopefully we have some entertaining series to get us there. Although I'm not going to count out Toronto yet. I still kind of like their mix a little more than Seattle. Like if you if you had to pick a third team, is your third team Toronto at this moment? I mean, they have the be- the third best record, but like, do we still kind of think the White Sox have kind of come up from 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 the depths here potentially? Uh, it's still possible, right? I kind of still think the White Sox are are waiting and lying in the weeds. I mean, they they had a quiet deadline though. They were disappointed about it too, I believe. Yeah, and it's interesting too because we've—I feel like we've kind of been waiting on them, and it—and it's—and it's—and it's kind of hard to tell. The, the Central kind of feels like right now the division that nobody wants to win. You know, because the twin, like if you look at the division over the over the last ten, the Twins are four and six, Cleveland's five and five, six and four for the White Sox. Again, I mean, it kind of feels like that division that nobody really wants to win. It's it's kind of funny, CJ, because like <laughs> at this point in time, Johnny Cueto very well may be the number two starter right now for the Chicago White Sox. He has a 286 ERA. Michael Kopech is probably really your number your number two, but it's like man, they're it, they've got a little bit of an issue. Um. Well, and it and it's been weird, you know. Lance Lynn's been hurt. You got Cueto there. Giolito's um, not been great. Giolito's not been, I think, what you hoped. You know, Dylan, Dylan Cease has been, been fantastic. Sensational. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, but I think if you're a White Sox, like if you get it, like, can you? Does Dylan Cease in the postseason? Is it this Dylan Cease or? does he falter because the lights get bigger? Like that's kind of a really interesting, weird question. Do you really, how much do you trust him being your number one in that situation? I, it's, it's very, very interesting. But then again, it's like CJ, I, tr- I trust Cease over a lot of what else the uh, AL central would throw out at you, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I don't know. The, the Twins are still a very interesting case study for me because, yeah, you added Maley today. You bolstered the bullpen with getting Fulmer and Lopez. Like, the Twins did a lot of things that we should be like, yo, the Twins did some work today, right? But for some odd reason, I just don't feel quite that way about the Twins, and I'm not sure why. I mean, Araz is great. Buxton's having a, a phenomenal year. I mean, he's almost – to 30 home runs already this year. Um, well, but that's been the big thing for him, too, is, is nobody's ever doubted Buxton's talent, right? It's Is he right? Healthy? I mean, you know, and, and you have a phenomenal I mean, young young pitcher in Joe Ryan, but, like, is he ready Is he ready to be the guy? Dylan Bundy's been up and down. Uh, Sonny Gray, he's kind of – stabilized since coming back from the injury and probably been your probably been your ace um and probably would yeah. be your game one starter but it's like man are you really winning anything with with the group of guys you're throwing out in october and i just don't think that's the case they've got a lot of they've got a, a deep bullpen and a really good one but man i'm just not sure their starters are are, are gonna 
be good enough to win them a playoff series, CJ. Yeah, well, and it and it's tough because I'm looking at this, and you know, you, sometimes you can get way too into the weeds as you get into when you start breaking down, you know, stats and records and all that. Here's the thing I think that's interesting, and I think it's why it's hard to buy in on the Twins, right? For, forget you know the, the run differential because it is it, it's only 26, which means they play a bunch of close games. But here's the thing: they're 28 and 23 at home. And they're 26 and 26 on the road. So they're 500 on the road, which you you would live with. I mean, most teams on the road, you, you want to play at or above 500. But you got to be better at home than you are. I mean, that division's just a, a funky one altogether. Um, and well, let's be it real, it's, it's, it's not – I just don't think it's, it's a great division in general because you look at – I mean, the four it's and not, fives, but, they should be beating up on those teams. It's not, but here's but here's what I think is interesting in, in the coalition off of off of that, especially as I talk about at home, right? Okay, we we've stated the Yankees are a World Series favorite, right? They're they're one of the teams you put in the conversation. They're forty one and fourteen at home. The Blue Jays thirty four and twenty one at home. Houston thirty three and seventeen at home. You know the Mets thirty one and seventeen at home. The Dodgers, 35 and 15 at home. Like a lot of the teams that you'd go, okay, these are teams we could see making deep runs. They win big time at home. And that's huge, especially in the playoffs. Because if you can't really win on your home field in the playoffs, it's going to be a short ride. Hey, CJ, there's no place like home. That's what I'm saying. And I think that's the one thing about the Twins that makes it hard because they're just kind of scattered. Like, Obviously, Gary Sanchez, something has happened with his talent. I don't know what it is. Maybe an alien stole it, a little Space Jam reference there. But if something has happened, and he is nowhere near what he what people thought he could be. And you know like what? You said, the, the rotation hasn't been eye-poppingly great. CJ, great idea for Major League Baseball. Make a Space Jam-ish type movie and have Mike Trout be like the Michael Jordan character. I feel like you could sell that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I really do. And also, who are we giving credit to? There's no place like home. Is that Dorothy? Oh yeah, that's definitely Wizard of Oz. We're we're not going to go anywhere else. Okay, it wasn't yeah. some somebody who was making like a a live laugh love poster. No, that that that's definitely Wizard of Oz. Okay, we'll go we'll go Dorothy. Okay, cool. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you though, CJ. I think the the twins at Target Field would need to be a little bit better. Let's let's be honest. At the beginning of the year, no one thought the twins were going to be here. Um, so for them to be even in this conversation is phenomenal. Um, yeah, the teams that are going to win are they going to be the teams that win at home? CJ, we've we've talked a good bit here, man. Um, I kind of want to real quickly close up this shop. With a couple other, with one other, one other thing in particular, and that is, who do you think won? Who do you think lost today? Um, and it was there kind of a team that you just maybe they didn't win or lose, but you just kind of wondered, like scratching your head at them. Um. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, I to me, I think the three, three. Big winners that I would put in there, you know, and I'm not going to count the Padres um, just simply because that that's a duh, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, kind of what they did. Um, the best way I heard it put was with the way they added, you know, it's almost buying a brand new Lamborghini for $40,000. Like that, that's basically essentially what they did. Um, so, but I would, I would say to me, the three big winners that came out of this, uh, the Mariners, the Astros, I really do really actually really do what, like what the Yankees did. Um, you are such an AL homer. I, I, I can be, but here's the thing I really do. <laughs> here's the only reason I kind of went with the Mariners. I was kind of on it, but you added a guy in Castillo who's going to pitch tomorrow. Um, I think, you know, adding, you know, the Boyd and Jake Lamb, I think those are going to be big pieces. Yeah, they gave up Sun to get this, but I think it really helps them, especially if you look at their division in years to come. You know, this, you know, they're, they're fighting Houston, who's getting older. So I think that's for them is actually a pretty, pretty good move. And it, it gives them some excitement there. Um, and with that fan base as, as they push towards towards the postseason. That's that's kind of where I'd be. Uh, the head scratcher for me is still going to be Seattle. I feel like maybe they overpaid for Lewis Castillo. So they're a but, winner and a head scratcher. Yeah, because I feel like they overpaid in the pitching market um, just a bit. But, you know, when, when you see – when you target a guy you want, you go get him. That's, you know what, CJ? That's, I, I find that interesting – that you went head scratcher and winner with Seattle, but also well, what's funny I too think is, they got is that the best starter on the market. I just feel like they might have slightly overpaid for him. And you know, I think it's I think it's fair to say each team's kind of their own there, right? Right. Um, and that's kind of now. Seattle, if you're being your front line ace for the next seven years, no, then yeah, then, mm-hmm. then that's the hard part on the trade deadline too. It's kind of like the NBA draft, right? You can't really grade it until another three or four years. No, and, and you're right, but uh, but I'll, I'll say this: I I like I like it for them because they haven't been to the playoffs since essentially what 2000 with with a rod, maybe 2001. The each year, I mean, it's been a long. Yeah, I think time. It, it's yeah, it's 20, 21 years. I mean, they had that team that won like 116 games. And 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 they didn't even make it to the World Series, and then they've been terrible since. I like it for them. I think it, it sends a message to their fans: Hey, we're going for this thing. And also, you know, everyone can say they overpaid. They overpaid, right? The Novell Marte, Marte hitting two seventy in the minors. So they gave up another minor leaguer. I mean, they didn't give up anything that was of majorly quality at the moment. I mean, all those guys are just prospects. Who knows how many of those guys ever see the field in Cincinnati? I mean, I I just kind of tend to think that Seattle is a winner in this thing, CJ, getting Castillo. I definitely do think that. Um, I, I, I honestly think that, I mean, you, you've got to kind of give some love to Philly today. They they added some they added an arm in the bullpen and Robertson, they added a, a starter who could be electric for him in in in, in center guard and Thor there, and they also added a position of need for them in the outfield there, um, with Marsh to play center field. I mean he's a good younger player, um, who never really played center in 
in L.A. out there in Anaheim because of Trout, but it was very good on the corner. Uh, I liked that move for Philly. I really did, C.J. Obviously, the Padres are far and away the winner of all of it. Um, but also, man, I, I'll I'll also kind of say the the head the most head scratcher to me is the Orioles. I get it; it's the economics of the game, and we've talked about. But you're right there. You 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 can't trade your heart and soul, Mancini, and a, and a guy in Lopez who was the, the absolute stalwart at the back of that bullpen. It's just tough, tough to see. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with you. Um, but I think, too, if you're you're Baltimore, you're looking at it, you know, the, some of the teams ahead of you, you know, are you really in the same weight class as, you know, Toronto, Seattle? I, I, and then also you're, you're still talking about in division. You've still got to play New York. You've still got to play Toronto again. You're still going to play Tampa. Are, are you really kind of in that weight class? And I don't know if they're quite there yet. And I don't think with where they are with a lot of their young kids that they wanted to leverage the future for now. I don't think you had to leverage the future, CJ. You didn't have to break it up. And, and you may not have, um, but I think, I, but I think if you were looking at some of, you know, just even in division. Hey, CJ, was that team good enough to beat Tampa? The answer is yes. Now with, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it, they were. They were right there. The White Sox in Cleveland, no one ran away with it. They were right there at the doorstep of being that number six seed. And I don't like it. I mean. Yeah, but I th- but also here, but also if you're if you're Baltimore, you're looking, okay, if we go in as the six, you're, and you win that first round, you're staring at either Houston or New York. Are you really in that weight class? Of, honestly, because I don't think you are. No, I mean, in CJ, dude, it's there's still year, there's still a little, a little away. We obviously know that, but why, if they're going to expand the playoffs to six, are you going to break it up when you had a chance to make it? No, and if you make it, who knows, man? Round bat, round ball, weird things can happen, for sure. I mean, that's that's the game. That's why we love the game. I I don't love it from Baltimore. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't love it either. But at the same time, I can kind of see where they're they're sitting at and saying, okay, if we do this right, we're putting ourselves in a much better position oh. two or three years down the road and than right now. Agreed, agreed on that. I, I do agree on, I do agree with you on that, CJ. But, but, but here's the best part, because we've talked about this. How great is it to be talking about that they weren't aggressive at the deadline when we thought they were a shoe and to lose a hundred games? Oh, it's it's it's. it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, baseball is awesome, and Baltimore is at least relevant. Yeah, it, it really is. And now, granted, I'll say this: there's a very good chance that Baltimore could go back and tailspin the rest of the season, and then not have a great start next year because they're still so young and that thing is so tough. And it's like, why'd you have to kind of kill the momentum from that fan base? That's my thing. Um, And kind of kill that team's spirit and momentum. I I didn't love that. Didn't love that, CJ, at all. Um, Man, I think we fooled him again, brother. 
Yes, sir. Hey, here's the thing. Special weekend for you, my friend. Can't wait. And uh, we might have to hop back in here for college football before it's all said and done. I know we were planning on doing it this week. I hope we can still. We'll see. Yeah, as I say, it would be great. Uh, we're, we're, we're closing in on that. So, you know, um, big it's time not- hyped about that, man. But the amount, but here's the thing. This deadline deserved its own its own podcast. It oh, was yeah, one of the absolutely. crazier ones we've had in a while. Yeah, no, I mean it it definitely was because you were, you know, Soto gonna get traded or is he not? And then of course that domino falls and then just the flurry of deals at the end and you know, uh, like we said, man, that, that third wild card helped. It really did. It really, really did. Um, and, and, and I gotta give you credit, you you kind of predicted this a couple of months ago that it was going to be a little little feverish down the stretch. Yeah, well, it's it, there's just more there's more teams, man. There's more teams that feel like they're a part of it. And I, I will say, the Soto thing very much surprised. Um, I, I kind of even thought all the way up until probably the weekend nothing was going to happen, and then boom, they finally let the cat out of the bag. It was going to happen, and did it ever. Um, man, what a what a great deadline, CJ. I mean, there's nothing else to be said, brother. I think I think that's, that's it for this, man. Yes, sir. I mean, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Can't wait to watch some more baseball uh, as we move into the month of August. We've been deeper in. Until next time, y'all, take it easy.
Bang!